I'd like to introduce our speaker for today, Victoria. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria, compulsive overeater. So good to be here with San Franciscans and others. And um, you guys have such a beautiful city and so much recovery. And um, uh, so let me pray in. Uh, Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Please help me to say something helpful to someone, especially the people who've helped me so much. Um, thank you, Nancy. For, Nancy was very patient with me with health problems, and, um, and then my dad had health problems, so I really appreciate uh, your patience, and that's just great to be here. Um, so numbers. Um, I started coming to OA in 1993. I got abstinent in 1996. Um, uh, I'm maintaining about a, a 50 to 60 pound weight loss. Um, came in over 200 pounds and I'm about 145, 150. Um, I'm five foot seven. I'm 46 years old, came in when I was 18 and um, I came in so young really because everything was falling. Nothing, absolutely nothing was working. Suicidal, depressed, um, eating um, spoiled cookie dough out of the garbage. Um, I put on 50 pounds in about, I, I would estimate about 10 weeks. So real alcoholic eating, um, real drug addicted type of eating. Um, I, uh, um, I don't really, you know, I'm not addicted to food, really. I'm addicted to edible drugs, I like to say, you know, I don't have an issue with kale. Um, <laughs> uh, I know some people say they can overeat kale. If, if overeating kale is the worst thing that in your program today, I really want what you have. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm addicted to edible drugs that light up my brain, much like alcohol, cocaine, um, um, a, a lot of that stuff. It's, it's very average for us. I come from um, at least five generations of addiction, including uh, alcohol, um, narcotics. So um, it's pretty average for me to be a, a um, uh, food addicted. So um, Overeaters Anonymous has just been amazing. My entire life has changed. The 12 steps have um, allowed me to, it, it's like the, 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 the weight loss, uh, my co-sponsor says like the weight loss is the least interesting thing. You know, everything has changed in my life. It, you guys teaching me how to live one day at a time and being a lot of days comfortable in my skin, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, never ever before the 12 steps in Overeaters Anonymous did I get to feel comfortable in my skin and uh, come from a long line of people who felt very uncomfortable in their skin. So um, today you guys have taught me how to have compassion for myself, compassion for others, and, um, and then getting to have a reasonably healthy relationship with food and uh, a reasonably health, healthy relationship with my body is um, huge gifts of this spiritual program. I love that you guys read our invitation to you. Uh, I miss hearing that. Um, 
and especially how um, the basis of the program is spiritual. And I know I had no idea how, how spirituality had anything to do with why I couldn't stop eating cookie dough and crap. Um, but uh, you guys taught me after some time. So uh, I really appreciate that this is a literature meeting. So I wanted to share um, some pieces that have been really meaningful for me out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and um, which really I see as the uh, spiritual way of life for all addiction, whatever that addiction, whatever the ism looks like is a, a way out. Uh, at least, I don't know, it has, has been for me um, and a lot of us. So um, when, when, so I'll start with a little bit on step two in We Agnostics on um, page 55. Um, deep down in every man, woman, and child is this fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or another, it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are fact as old as humans themselves. You know, that, that miraculous demonstrations of that power, for me, I, I see, um, if I want to get really technical, I would say I believe in a higher source as opposed to a power. This, this higher source is this thing that I can tap into um, at any time. I don't believe that um, it's a power that controls things. Um, that feels like, a, um, for me, a dangerous way of, of thinking. Um, but I absolutely believe that it's the source of love and wisdom and courage that I can tap into at any time. Um, and I, I've felt that, um, and you guys have taught me that. And... Um, so here when it says miraculous demonstrations of that power in my in human lives, I, I don't see it so much as like um, amazing miracles outside happening or um, anything magical, but really think like this book, for example, is a huge miraculous demonstration of spirituality that I down and out drunk, you know, miserable human being. Uh, had this beautiful awakening and could could write these amazing words to help millions of addicts. You know, that, that's a miraculous demonstration. Um, that's a, um, a power beyond myself, beyond all of us. Um, we, I'll continue reading. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes, we had to search fearlessly, but God was there. God was, you know, I'm reading it as God. Um, I, I heard recently my, my co-sponsor actually, she said that there's no reason that the word God or higher power can replace with the word love. Anybody who's struggling with um, belief in higher power, try just changing it to the word love. I, I, I sometimes will do that. You know, for instance, step two can be written, came to believe that love could restore me to sanity. It, I can't argue with that. You know, the power of love uh, 
definitely restores me to sanity and I can tap into it at any time. Um, you guys have taught me that. Um, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but God, love was there. God was as much a fact as we were. We found the reality deep down within us, the great reality, and that's capitalized. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that, that my higher power, my higher source lives deep within me. Early on in the program, I was running out the door to go to a restaurant that had a bunch of baked sugary goods. And I called my sponsor and she said, I felt shame <clears throat> that I was calling her so late in the game. I put way out the door. She said, oh, don't worry, just take God with you. And I've taken that for 20 plus years, you know, that God's with me all the time. Um, even if I don't feel like it. In the last analysis, is it is only there that God may be found um, deep within us. Um, then I'd like to, to cruise over to how it works in uh, uh, the chapter, how it works in um, step four, you know, for um, dealing with the resentments and um, being the number one offender, uh, huge. So uh, on the bottom of page 66, it says, um, talking about these, these resentments that I have, um, I, 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 we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. Um, so that fancied or real, you know, I, a lot of my resentments are fancied. <laughs> Nobody really did anything. You know, I, I, um, I'm like just about every addict I've met over the decades, we're very sensitive people. And that's a beautiful thing about us. Um, for many of us, if not all of, it, all of us, great trauma has um, spurred these um, resentments and fears. And so um, a lot of my resentments just are fancy. Nobody really did anything, but it would triggered something that needs my love and attention, that needs the love and attention of my, my higher source. Um, and so that's where, where I see the fancied part gets in. It, the pain is real, um, but it's like nobody really did, you know, I'm not a victim. But occasionally there is some, you know, trauma. And um, so with the trauma, with the quote unquote real resentment, real wrongdoing, um, this applies to that. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol, edible drugs, etc. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Now, what's really helped me over the years is to change this word sick to suffering. I, I believe at the time of this writing in the you know, late 1930s, sick was a word that garnered, garnered compassion. Uh, for me, it doesn't today. You know, I have judgment, you know, oh, that person's really sick. So um, I wanted to get away from that judgment. And so I changed it to suffering, which for me garners more compassion. <clears throat> we realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually suffering. Though we did not like their symptoms 
and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were suffering too. We ask God to help us show the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a friend who was suffering. When a person offended, we, would, we said to ourselves, this person is suffering. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. And certainly when someone is lashes out, you know, I certainly don't see this as um, endorsing shitty behavior or not standing up for myself, certainly. But what this helps me is take the judgment and resentment out of it. I can start seeing the true nature of um, wrongdoing, my own wrongdoing and others wrongdoing. Um, especially as it relates to trauma. We avoid retaliation or argument. And boy, as an addict, I love retaliation. Um, but with God, I don't have to. I'm working the steps. I don't have to. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat people who are suffering that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. So that, that was just huge for me, seeing how much um, my resentments boil down to some suffering. And that's a pointer. Um, I heard from one of my spiritual advisors recently, it's a pointer um, to, this is something that, uh, I, I need to give love and compassion to and give to my higher power and ask my higher, higher power for help with. And um, it can sometimes relate to that voice in my head that says, who do you think you are? I can't believe you did that. What the fuck are you thinking now? Da, 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 da. And so it's like first stage recovery. I would. One minute. Thank you, dear. I didn't even know that voice existed. I just know, go to the cookie dough, <laughs> go away from the cookie, run to the alcoholic foods, run away. So then, you know, you guys taught me, I'm starting to be aware of that voice. Then it's um, kind of arguing with the voice that I'm a piece of shit or other people are a piece of shit. And then now uh, I'm at the place where it's like, oh, okay, this is a sign that something needs love and compassion. Please, God, help me have that. Help me have that. And um, start working the good old steps on it. So um, that's about my time. Thank you so much, everybody. It's so lovely to be in a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. It's really the best thing that uh, Overeaters Anonymous is the best thing that ever happened to me. So thank you for this opportunity. And I look forward to hearing what you all have to share. Thanks.